across the ditch as they take down Brisbane and Melbourne Victory flex their muscles as they clinch their first win of the new season. Hello and welcome to Dove Zone. It is awesome to have you with us on this Sunday evening. I'm Neve Owens and it is lovely to be here once again alongside Teo Palazzari. Hello, Teo. I missed it so much last week. So happy the Liberty A-League is back and the Dove Zone crew is reassembled. A few cracking goals as well to celebrate this weekend. Sydney FC legend, Teresa Plyas. Hello. Thanks, Neve. It was a great week and it's great to be back with you all. And Catherine Cannulli, we're so happy you could join us. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Always good to see you, Nils. I want to know what stood out for you this weekend to begin with. Teo, what caught your eye? It's always a cause to celebrate an A-League women's debut, but when a player persists at the age of 27 to do so, never mind someone who at one point in her life was receiving 24-hour-a-day care for a spinal injury. Tia Stonehill, bravo. Fantastic season in the West Australian NPL, rewarded with her A-League women's debut yesterday. It's a remarkable story at 27, isn't it? And I love we saw that record broken and another 14-year-old that we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show, making her debut today as well. What stood out for you, T? For me, it was the return to the A-Leagues of Annalie Longo, the, the Kiwi journey woman. She, she returned um, during after uh, ACL during the World Cup, and it's great to be, see her, the Kiwi leader back, scoring a goal on her return for the Phoenix. We're going to have a closer look at that goal a little bit later on, because it was an absolute cracker. What about for you, Nils? Oh, I think it was just amazing to see the crowd out at, at, at Canberra and McKellar Park. It was just fantastic to see so, so many people out there in green. You know what it's like, T, when you go and play against Canberra at that field, style, you're yeah. always getting angry at the sideline. To see the stadium full and people in, in, in that um, crowd just cheering on the Canberra girls, I think it's just so fantastic for the league, and I think it's something that's going to continue to carry on for them as well. It was. It was absolutely brilliant to see. Let's start with West United Melbourne victory, Teo. This was the first game of the Arvo today. It finished 2-2, the first draw in Western's history. And despite the disparity in possession, I felt like it was a game Western were going to win for great swathes of it. Uh, this is the most entertaining and perhaps the most heated rivalry in the A-League women's right now. It's remarkable to say that given this was only the third meeting between the teams. And I think Western United taking it up to the might of Melbourne City has been a big factor in that. The seesaws were crazy though because Melbourne City came back to lead and then Western United perhaps felt they should have won it at the end. Yeah, this fixture is always ridiculous. It always produces the goods and once again City creating so much but not able to surpass the two goals and then Western United, classic them, always in the game, always backing themselves beyond the very end, coming back. It was, it was an incredible game. Western look so good in transition duels and they know even when City have the vast majority of possession, the vast majority of field position, that when they create opportunities, they convert them. Of course they can. They, they've seen, they've done it time and time again last season as well. They weren't playing the best or they didn't, you know, dominate, you know, possession in the games, but they find ways to win. And when you've got that confidence going into games, I think it just, it shows that the team can live. They've got that never say die attitude. And really in the end there, they could have got three points out of the game. Well, Prakash, on her debut at 16 years old, yeah, T, a yeah. player that you know really well, a lot of clubs had a look at her. She almost won it for Western. Yeah, look, almost a fairy tale debut for, for Prakash. Look, she, she had a, an amazing debut anyway. But, yeah, look, at a close call there. I suppose that the AR is in a better position than our angle to, to see that. But not a lot in it there. I don't see the offside 
personally. Yeah, Western were looking for answers post-game. I'm going to stick up for Janelle Samet there, the assistant referee. One of the best in the business and has been at this A-League women's level for years. So you got to trust that the, the, trust the referee's going to get that call right. Good With CV that there. said, it was a razor-thin <laughs> call. And Western, <laughs> I think, right to feel a little bit stiff. Certainly their fans feel like they perhaps should have won the game. Yeah, but look, I think they did enough to take confidence from that early in the season. They've done it yet again, and that'll set them up going forward. Holly McNamara is setting plenty up in her own right, Nulls. She scored one today, she created another and created a whole heap of opportunities. She is such a baller on that left edge. She is. She's so fantastic. You can see that she can score absolutely amazing goals, but she's also an assist queen as well. She's not selfish when she gets in the front of goal. She understands her role and what she does for this team. I'm just so excited to see her back in our league and just really wish her a fantastic A-League season because she is the star of this league. She is the star of, of the future for, for Australia. And it's not just about the future, though, because the international breaks, they come sporadically. This is our backyard. I don't think you have to be a Melbourne City fan to go and watch a player who is ascending hopefully towards the peak of her powers at the moment. Yeah, look, I think she deserves all the hype she gets. I think you can learn a lot as a player, not just as a City fan watching Holly McNamara. She's just so hard to contain. She's amazing in 1v1 situations. She can finish like Noel said. She sets things up. I think, Watch her kids. <laughs> I think also the best thing about Holly is that she's so unpredictable in what she does. She's so creative. She's not someone that does the same thing over and over again. She can change the way she plays the game and she, she brings her style to that Melbourne City style of play and it's just a, a fantastic uh, watch and, and someone that you can actually look to and you can actually aspire to be like like someone like Holly that brings such a, a great part of the game to, a, for us. And a great opportunity as fans to build that connection in the A-Leagues and not if, but when she gets into the Matildas setup, they've got that link to her and that connection. So, very exciting stuff. And let's not forget another 20 year old, Carly Johnson, scored that wonderful equaliser. She's going to be a key part of the young Matildas, you know, hopefully qualifying for an under 20 World Cup. Shouldn't forget because it was a brilliant goal to level things up. Let's have a look at the victory clash with Adelaide now, Teo. Victory got their first win of the season, their first points of the season in this game. And this was a much improved performance from this victory side. It was much improved, and yet I don't think it will satisfy them. They had 17 shots to naught in the first half, ended up with two goals, didn't go on with the job in the second half. Teresa, you were in the commentary box. I mean, are you satisfied with saying victory, back in business? For sure. They absolutely dominated this game in every facet of the game. And, yeah, look, it was only two and they did have a lot of shots. But, hey, they, they started with two losses in the season. So, moving forward, it's, it's a good platform for them. I think Jeff will get some positives out of this game, but I'm sure he'll also be quite disappointed that they didn't put away a lot more chances. We know that it could have been a lot more than two. But I think moving on from the start that they have had... They need to take this game and, and use it as momentum leading in. One real positive was Elise Kellen-Knight back in the starting 11. She brings such a calmness, such an authority to the middle of the park. But also M. Gilnick back in the Liberty A-League and back on the park today. Two quality players and two players that know this league very, very well. And, you know, just their experiences and what they're going to bring to this squad, I think is going to be fantastic even for the younger girls going forward. But, you know, to see these girls back in the league and, you know, hopefully starting to get a bit more minutes under their belt and, and becoming, you know, regular players in this team, I think is going to be a fantastic thing for the Melbourne victory. And we'll have one eye on those Olympic qualifiers coming up in Feb and really trying to force her way back into that Matilda squad. Another highlight for me, Teo, Rachel Lowe. 
first signing for Melbourne Victory of the preseason, made the shift from Sydney FC, and she is such a quality footballer. And she's been kind of the nearly player in her time at Sydney FC. You know, won Matilda's cap, her stint in college cut short by COVID, and so wasn't a regular starter, and, and it was something that I think you took particular notice of, T, because... When she scored goals for Sydney FC, they were often important. They were often eye-catching. Now she's getting the game time and the regularity at Melbourne Victory that I'm sure she was wishing for in Sky Blue. She was. She's always been wishing for that. And, look, other factors came into it, illness and niggling injuries here and there, which stopped that continuity. But I guess Victory's, you know, provided her that opportunity to claim a regular spot, and that's what she wanted. And she, she played really, really well yesterday. I wanted to ask, what was missing for Adelaide in this game? Because they're still winless, but this was the first time they hadn't scored in a game. At least they'd found the back of the net in their first two. Look, I think it's a, a bit of a broader issue for Adelaide, having lost a lot of experience. They are a really young team, and they just looked a little lost out there, tactically maybe, and when you're not sure tactically, you go into a shell, and that's what I saw. That lack of energy wasn't because they didn't care. I just think they were in their shells a little bit as a young team. I think when you've got a lot of youngsters on the field as well and you're coming up against a Melbourne victory where there is a lot of big names in there, I think there's a lot of you know players on the, on the pitch that are a little bit more intimidated. There wasn't much... Uh, experience on the pitch for Adelaide. They're in. in they've, they've lost some quality players. They've lost Chelsea Dorber. They've lost McCormack. They've lost Fiona Wirtz. There's some. They're like three. You know, older players that bring a lot of experience. Yeah. They've got someone like Marushka Walders, who's Just you know their international back. that's yeah. coming back from injury. The captain you know, Hodgson came off back off the bench late in the game, so it, they exactly. are missing a bit it's, of experience. It's a real, real tough one for them. And you know, I think to hold out to a two-nil loss in that game, I think was a, a good result for them in the end. And up against a Melbourne Victory side that has so many Matildas caps in its midst, you can get along and see Melbourne Victory and all of those Tillies, Elise Keller Knight, M Gilnick back in action as well. But right across the country, our Liberty A-League passes, over 25k have been dished out now. It means you can get along to the games for free, you can enjoy the action. This was at um, Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. Brilliant scenes. So make sure you get involved. Head to aleagues.com.au and you can check out so many of those stars in in our league. Let's talk Canberra-Perth next because I did not think at the start of this season that three weeks in we would have Perth on top of the table but they continue, Teo, to impress and to score some cracking goals on their way. And this was history. They had never won at McKellar Park. They'd never won away in Canberra before and having now won two in a row against Canberra, I think uh, they'd only won three in the previous 15 years. So, uh, Knowles, they've broken a long streak. And they had to earn it because Canberra did equalise against them twice. They did have to earn And I think, you know, Perth are in great form at the moment. They're playing some really, really good football. A lot of their players on the pitch are just playing with such confidence. They've they've come into this league and they want to do something. Alex Aparkas now is coming into, you know, multiple years with the Perth glory. Again, we spoke about... You know, Vesta Mahalovic here, you know, putting this um, penalty in the back of the net, getting Canberra back in the game. But Perth found ways to win in the end. Uh, I think, T, when you look at uh, Perth and their improvement, what's the reason for it? Where's it coming from? Because uh, Neve's right, a lot of people didn't have Perth winning the league and certainly winning your first three has set a benchmark for them. But what are the reasons that you're seeing why they are good this season? Look, I think it comes down to stability. And we mentioned Epakis, it's his fourth here at the helm, um, which is huge. They've been patient with him, let him build his squad. Um, There are clear objectives out there that I guess all players are on board. There's leadership out there that the youngsters are following. We saw youngsters driving forward to set up that goal and 
Um, that's that's what I see from them. And then um, you've got players like Sakalas, Fong Sung Kim, the creativity of them, and then Jale offset, offsets that with her own characteristics. So I think they've got a really good balance out there at the moment. She's been such a key signing, hasn't she, Grace Jale? And we've seen that quality that she has, the promise that she has over the last couple of seasons. It feels this year, Nulls, like she's really growing into the kind of footballer we know she can be. 100%. I think Jale is a great talent. We know that she can score goals and she's really linking up really well with her Perth Glory teammates. She's she's coming to this team. She's fit in really, really well. You know, it's not an easy move to move halfway across, you know, the countryside to Perth and to play your football over there. But she's fitting really, really um, easily into Parkinson's style of football. I think he's done a fantastic job and I think it's a credit to, you know, Perth Glory putting their faith in him and giving him the ability to, you know, be in Perth full time and looking over these youngsters because the ones that he's brought through um, through the Perth NTC system, I think have been fantastic as well. Perth were in the market for a forward, a spearhead to lead the line for the last two seasons and they approached some of the biggest names in the league. We're talking Golden Boot winners, Dolan medalists. They were trying to find a spearhead and Jale answering this call and taking her game to another level, this is part of Perth restoring the credibility. We've seen them win the Premier's Plate. We've seen them host grand finals. They want to get back there and showing that you can take a player's uh, career to the next level is a key part of becoming a destination club. Club. Yeah, and she's still so young as well, but I, I think she's getting the service that, that she needs through Sakalas, through Fonsung Cam as well. So uh, an amazing start for them. And if they can, I guess they've got the confidence to keep doing it now. Um, that's the biggest positive for them heading you, into the next round. You could always see what Alexa Parkas's style is. You can see that they want to play football. They want to, you know, combine with each other, want to build up from the back. But the missing link for him over the last few years has been a quality striker, like you have said. And now that they have someone mm. like Jale and you've also got someone like Susan Fonson kind that can actually score from anywhere as well and is on fire with that confidence... It can take this team anywhere, really. And you mentioned some of that build-up play. Sorry, yeah. T, but the build-up play from the back, we saw that, Teo, in this game. It resulted in a penalty shout at the other end of the park, but there was some incredible football in the leader. And the most encouraging thing is, we talk about Alex Parker's fourth season, it's two third gamers in, in Cassidy and <laughs> Johnston amazing, that yeah. start the move. Sophia Sakalas wins the penalty. But it, I guess that season-to-season continuity means that there's now standards. You know when you go into this team how you're expected to play and it doesn't matter if you're a first-year player. And that's something that Alex Aparkas, you know, he's been around the NPL New South Wales. He's had Sydney FC build their dynasty, you know, in yes. his backyard. Yep. That's something that Ante Juric and Sydney FC have leveraged year to year so that it doesn't matter who the new faces are players come in and they know how the team is expected to play. Exactly, and you can see these youngsters are coming on the field. They've got role models out there. They know exactly what they need to to do on the field. There's buy-in there. They're all on the same page. We talk about buy-in and recruitment. Wellington Phoenix Newells have done that so well. They look the real deal this season in their own right. They inflicted Brisbane Roar's first loss of the season. And we've talked a good bit about the style of play and the change in that sense this year under the new coach, Temple. But their recruitment has really paid off as well. I've absolutely loved watching them in the competition this year. I, I love what Paul Temple is doing with his team. You can see clearly their principles of play whenever they're playing out from the back or whether they're going long, whatever the, the way that they actually are building up, the players are all on song when it comes to the way they, you know, their build-up play, their, the way they're linking up their combination play. You know, they've just got such confidence and to see, you know, really a young team and the way he's recruited, I think has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and and for such a young team, Brisbane beat Sydney the week before and watching Wellington play out of tight spaces and the press from Brisbane was, was really good to see, very promising. 
saw Mia Corbin's goal at the end. I thought she was a real standout for Brisbane Raw today. But Annalie Longo, you mentioned off yes, the top yeah. tee. So I'm coming to you on this one. She's such an experienced New Zealand international and she made her Knicks debut off the bench today. She made it one to remember. Her goal... Incredible, incredible goal, and she's obviously a while between drinks for oh. longer because you want to take the necklace <laughs> off it's been before a while, she was subbed on. But no, it's a funny little moment there from Annalie. She's a, she's a gem of a, of a person as well. I, I couldn't think of a better leader for them. Um, and as we mentioned, Kiwi journeywoman. But I can't wait to see her in the coming weeks get more and more minutes and and adding that to all the positives we've already spoken about. We touched on the recruitment. Obviously, they had to sign a, a minimum number of Australians. They couldn't sign other foreign players. This season, we've seen the United States contingent come in, college players, and they've been able to sort of cast their eyes a bit wider than But also, they had to make some tough calls on how hard they fought to keep hold of senior New Zealand internationals, players like Paige Satchel, Emma Rolston. Instead, they've gone for maybe unfancied players like Emma Main, uncapped players who are now making their reputation and are playing with a real hunger. I think it takes, you know, enormous um, courage for Temple to do that because these are big-name players that have been around the New Zealand football ferns for a very, very long time. And you could just see what he's trying to do. And sometimes you need some some fresh, some some new, new blood within the team to actually put forward what you want to sort of achieve within the team. And I think he's done fantastic there. But, you know, now these young girls that are coming through, it's now their time to shine and give them the opportunity to be the next generation. Let's head north now to Newcastle. T, this clash with the Western Sydney Wanderers was a little bit of a slow burn to begin with, but it came alive late. Talk us through the opening goal to begin with for the Wanderers. Yeah, look, it appeared to be a bit of a stalemate, but um, Newcastle Jets caught off set pieces. There's questionable uh, defending. They, they did get a warning sign not too long before that from the same player funnily enough, but um, yeah, finally they, they didn't learn their lesson and were exposed on that second time. They got a point out of it, Newells, and a big move from the new Wanderers boss this week. He benched the skipper, Amy Harrison. She might have taken a bit of a knock at training. She had to come on in the 16th minute mark, and we saw a response. I think it's always a massive move to, to bench your skipper. Obviously, we don't know the, the full extent of, of what happened there during the week, but then having to turn to her within you know, the 16-minute mark, whether she had to come on, and she responded well to coming on, and, and she'd done really well in the midfield. She was fighting those battles for her team. I think in, in the first half, Western Sydney Wanderers had the majority of the chances. It was just unlucky not to get that three points in the end, and... You know, Cass Davis come up with an absolute screamer. Yeah, to deny them the three points. A goal worthy of goal of the season, Teo, and we've had it in round three. Talk us through this strike. Well, I mean, the Jets are desperately chasing the game at this point because they wouldn't have been happy with how they conceded. And Cass Davis, who had only scored once right at the back end of last season, so she'd gone well over 120 games without finding <laughs> the back of the net. This is, uh, for all intents and purposes, Neve, a scoring streak here for the Iron Woman of the A-League women's playing a 136 second consecutive game since debut. She's now got the Newcastle Jets games record as well and that consecutive game number blows <laughs> my mind T. It's amazing. I always love hearing about it. I never want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't no, if she continues no. scoring absolute bangers like that one. We also saw once again the Wanderers break another record this season with the youngest player in the league they did a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was Ashia Brooking this time. 14 years Nulls, 11 months and 13 days. Isn't that unbelievable <laughs> to see another 14-year-old being debuted in this competition? 
I've heard so much about this this young talent. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, what a talent she is and, and how technically uh, sound she is. And to see her get her chance today and, and to jump on, even though it is a couple of minutes, but it's always a great way to start your A-League's debut. Let's not forget, Wanderers are putting these players on the pitch because they're getting exemptions. Normally you can't debut until 15. Today, Kush LaRue, a head injury, it, it had a massive swelling, so hopefully Kush LaRue is OK and, and no concussion to go with the head knock. But also, Millie Clegg in and subbed out on debut. So their depth was already being tested and now two more injuries. They look at the fixture away to Melbourne City. So it's going to be another week of perhaps shuffling the pack for Western Sydney. And hey, if you're a train on there, you're probably saying, coach, I'm ready. Yeah. Put me in. Put me on. Nulls keeps telling us she brings her boots each week. <laughs> I have them cleaned and ready to go, guys. You, it hooks. It hooks. <laughs> We've got to... Let's look ahead to next week, Teo, because we like to find out your fantasy tip. We're not going to throw you under the bus for the last tip, but tell us what's happening in round four. I'm going a bit more straightforward here, and we're going to choose a Wellington Phoenix player there, Venezuelan international, Mariana Speckmeyer. We saw her score this goal to start proceeding. She's still one of the low-salary strikers, and given the attacking way that Wellington are playing, they're back at home against Western United. So let's go with the Venezuelan Mariana Speckmeyer as the fantasy pick this week. I love it. T, we didn't see either the Mariners or Sydney FC in action this weekend, and that's because Sydney FC have got an international trip coming up. They've got AFC Women's Club Championship duties. Let's have a look at the last time <laughs> Sydney FC headed overseas on an international jaunt, because this is some lineup. You were part of the team. It was 2013, yeah. a decade ago, and there are a whole heap of familiar faces in that squad. That brings back a lot of memories. A blast from the past <laughs> there, but what an experience that was so long ago. I, I, I remember it almost didn't even happen. Um, you know, the lack of resources back then and funding and, and we were raffling things off. We had to get really creative selling boots and, and jerseys and player experiences and game day experiences. Yeah, so it was wild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I brought a whole heap of raffle tickets <laughs> yeah. for you guys to go Thanks, on that trip. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, the, the team and everybody getting behind, you know, you guys going away yeah. and, and getting yeah, over very in that special. trip. And it just goes to show how far the game has come in the last 10 years as well. It has. Yeah. What, yeah, what you went through then. Some of the, the names there though, Chloe Legazzo, mm. Sam Kerr, England International Jodie Taylor. How important was that overseas trip at a club level rather than with a national team in the formative years, particularly of some of those players? And Lena Kamis was a Matilda as well. Yeah, look, it was unheard of, really. It was something that didn't happen. And playing against Colo Colo and Chelsea, NTV Beleza, I remember the preparation that was put in to, to play against these teams was... Crazy, and as the holding mid, I remember being marshaled every <laughs> session by Alan Stagic. It was crazy, but it was a great experience. It's arguably what uh, put Sam Kerr on the map for Chelsea as well. Is it? Yeah, because they were there. They were there, and I think we ended up. Yeah, we uh, we ended up playing against them. Emma Hayes was the coach then. I'm pretty sure, and yeah. It was uh, an amazing experience. Well, speaking of Emma Hayes, let's check in with Nalene Masto now, and let's find out the latest news from the international world of women's football. The European coaching merry-go-round is in full swing and it kicks off with one of the biggest names in women's football. Chelsea have confirmed that their head coach Emma Hayes will leave the club at the end of the season. Hayes is reportedly set to sign a record-breaking deal with the US women's national team that will make her the highest paid coach in women's football. Chelsea fans, I'm sure you might be a little bit upset and perhaps surprised by the news. And how can you not be when your club has won six WSL titles, 
five FA Cups and two Continental Cups during her 12-year reign. Elsewhere in Europe, Germany's head coach Martina Voss-Tecklenburg is said to leave her role after five years in charge. The German FA made this decision based on the team's shock exit from the Women's World Cup group stage, particularly when everyone was tipping them to win the tournament. And finally, this is definitely a bit of a random one, but Lydia Williams' former side in Sweden, Pitio IF, are offering free admission for their fans to come and watch the games, but only if they bring a shovel to clear the snow from the pitch. The club is currently fourth in the league, gunning for a spot in the Champions League, so I guess you can say they're digging for a result. Oh, Marlene, <laughs> you went there, you went there. Have either of you ever played in conditions like that? That blows my mind. No. Not snow, but I've played in really, really bad conditions in Melbourne. Like the, oh, the field on. was, like the field was, it was so wet that the ball was like stopping. I'll never forget, I think I had to pick up Caitlin Ford off the ground because she tripped over her feet. I remember that game, yes. It was such a <laughs> yeah, bad game bad. and they continued to make us play and, yeah, it's just something that you just sort of never forget. Yeah. Um, Narlene mentioned Emma Hayes there as well, Nules. She is such a quality coach. We've seen her achieve everything in the game from a Chelsea perspective and it looks like now certainly that she's headed to the US Women's National Team coaching job after Chelsea. That's yet to be confirmed, but that's what we're assuming, knowing that she's out of Chelsea at the end of the season. What does she bring to that role? Because she is such a tactician. I think she'll be an amazing um, acquisition for the US national team I think she's shown time and time again that she can you know uh, control and look after and manage you know high quality players and we know how you know the US national team is is set in such a high regard and I think you know she's been at, at Chelsea for such a long time she's achieved so much where do you go from Chelsea in clubland in, in the women's side of things? So to see her be given this opportunity, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for her and I think it'll be a fantastic challenge for her as well. I've been reading and listening to her book, Kill the Unicorn. I really admire her as a coach. I love the way she communicates with the media as well. It means Tony Gustafsson, when he was in camp in Perth last week, there were rumours abound about him being on a shortlist for that US Women's National Team job. What do you think it means for his future now, T, with the Matildas, as we look ahead into that Olympic Games? I think he made a couple comments about his job's not done there, so perhaps he's knocking on the door for an extension with the Matildas. That's what I see happening. And we've got Sydney FC in Uzbekistan yes, this week. Yes. That's also, Teo, where the Matildas will play their next qualifying round. Uzbekistan first, then in Australia for the second leg as they look to qualify for Paris 2024. Where do you want to see that second leg played? Let's not forget, it'll be Northern Hemisphere, so winter for Uzbekistan, Southern Hemisphere, so summer for Australia. So I'm thinking somewhere warm. I mean, Brisbane could be an option, but I think we also had a lot of fun the last time the Matildas played in Townsville. You might remember that uh, late comeback against New Zealand. So two big stadiums and two venues where they have a pretty good record as well. Love that rectangular stadium up in Townsville too. That would be a cracking location. Let's have a look at your tip from before the international window and what you had to say to us about the Matildas playing over in Perth. The Matildas will score at least 25 goals across these three Olympic qualifiers. 
that's harsh, isn't it? Wow. Okay, can I just we say... We even make it all look like bold. slightly deftly with the grey background. They scored 13. Mm-hmm. That's 51%. Round it up. <laughs> I think that's a tick. I reckon I was okay. Wow, wow. Uh, you're drawing a long bow. What are you telling us? Can, what's your big tip for next week? Uh, my, my long bow, my prediction for this week, Neve, is that Melina Reyes unfortunately missed for Newcastle today with a minor hip injury suffered in training kept in reserve to go and get revenge against her former team Melbourne Victory next weekend. My prediction is that Melina Reyes will score against her former team Melbourne Victory in the Liberty A-League next weekend. I like that you've looked straight down the barrel of you've said that as well, just so we can throw you under the bus again if it doesn't happen next weekend. I can make the X shape now if you want. Can we say if you get three wrong in a row that you have to shout dinner or something? There's got to be something on the line for these. You can't just let you keep getting it wrong every week. It's not six and you're out, it's three and you're out. Fair enough, Nulls. Let's just see if you're here on episode three in a row if I'm uh, two two fails in a row. There'll be, everyone will be queuing. Everyone will be lining up to come. Teresa Palais, thank you so much for your company tonight. Thank you, guys. A pleasure. Taylor Palazzari, always a pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Catherine Canooley, good to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us at home as well. It's been brilliant to have you here with us for Dub Zone. If you ever miss a Sunday Arvo, don't forget you can find us on the Keep Up app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy your football this week. We'll see you again next weekend. Oh.